May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. This morning feels a little bit like our last Sunday of the school year before we shift into full-on summer mode next week at our 9 a.m. service. It's also like we're in this societal moment of pivoting out of COVID-19 restrictions and more or less going back to normal, if there ever was such a thing. What's been a bit disorienting for me is the radical abruptness of reopening, going to the grocery store without a mask on, going into restaurants. It was like the CDC and our civic leaders frankly got tired of the gray zone of semi-regulated communal life. And rather than slowly undimming the lights, they just decided to flick the switch on. And many of us, accustomed to the dark and cozy room of quarantine, were squinting a little bit, trying to acclimate to the bright lights of normal. Now, I don't want to romanticize anything about COVID-19. For many of us, it's been awful. The longest 15 months of our lives. With Paul, we've felt that our outer natures are, have been wasting away, and the silver linings largely imperceptible. I don't want to convince any of us this morning that COVID was some, somehow secretly God's plan or secretly actually quite good for our communities. But I do want us to think about where God has been for us and how God has used this moment as God can use any moment to plant God's mercy and grace a little bit deeper into our hearts. We shouldn't deny the grace that has found us even here. Grace? We'll take a small example. Did you notice how the everyday question of how are you doing was suddenly transformed this season? For the last year when people asked us how we were doing, no one expected us to say really good, thanks, or even fine. I mean, maybe there were times we were doing okay, but we'd almost have to share that as if it were a secret. For the most part, we stopped asking, how are you doing, and shifted to, how are you holding up? I remember being asked how I was holding up last summer, and I just decided to be honest and say, well, yesterday I went for a nice little walk, and then came home and binge watched Friends for six hours, and then we ordered Chinese takeout for the second time this week. I'd never dang be this uninteresting in normal times. 
And my friend replied, sounds like you had a really, really good day. Depends on how you look at it, but there was a part of us, part of me, that I think was relieved from needing to lead an exciting and compelling life. We were just survivors in it together, just trying to hold up. But what was interesting was the way human fragility was made conventional, normalized. Just about all of my friends talked about their last therapy session or what medication they had just been started on. Maybe we were feeling overwhelmed by the ever-changing demands of our always-on job. Makes total sense. We're all feeling a bit that way now. Maybe we were on the verge of tears for no other reason than not wanting to face reality. Well, so is just about everyone on our recently dialed list. Lonelier than you feel you have any right to be? Join the club. And yet I think many people were experiencing these things long before. And COVID afforded us all the spare time to face them, to feel them. And these feelings were given space, grace, to be normalized. Our outer natures did waste away a bit in COVID. But I wonder if they weren't wasting away long before in the frantic, busy, anxious life that some crazy person had convinced us to call normal. Three-hour commutes to work, overcommitted schedules, hurried dinners with the family, anxiety around grades and status and keeping up with the Joneses. It's amazing we held up as long as we did. The Apostle Paul had no trouble reckoning with suffering and fragility and death. They were his normal for his entire ministry. This morning, he says, my outer tent is wasting away. You might as well have extended the metaphor. The fabric on my tent is torn. Rain gets in. The more vibrant color of the original tent fabric has long ago faded to now some dull gray, pale-looking thing. I've lost my tent pegs, and two of the supporting cord ropes have frayed to almost nothing. One strong gust of wind could knock this old tent down to a flattened mess. How are you holding up, Paul? Paul did not have it easy. There's an apocryphal text um, called On Paul and Tekla that describes Paul as bald-headed, bow-legged, strongly built, a man small in size with meeting eyebrows, with a rather large nose. 
And Paul himself actually quoted someone who had seen him. His letters are strong, but his bodily presence quite weak. It was no wonder. Five times I've received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one, he wrote in 2 Corinthians. Three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times have I been shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been adrift at sea, in danger from rivers, robbers, my own people, the Gentiles, in toil and hardship and hunger and thirst, in cold and exposure. He was also sick on and off his entire life, and he spoke of the thorn in the flesh that God gave him from ever getting too elated. Epilepsy, hysteria, who knows what plagued Paul. The wonder of it all is that he was able to get around at all. How did you hold up, Paul? The tradition isn't clear if Paul ever made it to Spain, the trip he always wanted to take. But either before he went or soon after he got back, he had his final run-in with the authorities. The story goes that they took him to a spot about three miles outside of Rome, and right there on the road where he'd spent most of his life, including what was, in a way, the beginning of his life, they lopped off his head. At the end of the less-than-flattering description of his personal appearance, the Acts of Paul and Tekla says that at times he looked like a man, and at times he had the face of an angel. If there is a God in heaven, as even in the bleakest of moments, Paul never doubted there was, then bald-headed and bow-legged as he was with those eyebrows that met and that oversized nose, he was with, it was with angel eyes that he exchanged a last long glance with his executioners. The church, our church, I suspect is going to spend the next several months repairing the earthly tent that is Sunday morning worship. We haven't gathered in this space as a church in 15 long months. And there's going to be a lot of energy and consideration around re-entry. How to distance, can we safely sing together? What about the wine at communion, coffee hour? We won't have wine at coffee hour, coffee hour question mark, or Sunday school. And what about hugs at the peace? As a church, we'll be feeling our way forward into what normal will look like for us. But something in our community will be different, will have changed. Our church will be different because we are different. We have changed. Our earthly tents 
have been diminished. And yet, something in us has been renewed. Something in us, something in me, has realized that I am not merely my outer nature. I've realized that there is more to this thing called life than being busy and measuring my status with how full my calendar is. Before COVID, if someone reached out to ask if I could hang out in a few hours, I'd say, no, sorry, but what's three weeks from now looking like for you? Now it's, yeah, sure, I'd love to join. I've always, I've had less than a full calendar this last year, lots of empty gaps of time. And part of me hopes that stays. And yes, grace has made its way in. My tent has been porous to suffering and grief, but also to the reign of God's good grace. We're all survivors. And more than that, we've learned that grace pours through our leaky lives, no matter how productive or unproductive we are, no matter if we're wearing a dress shirt or sweatpants or maybe both at the same time, no matter if we've spent the whole day binging TV on the couch, our earthly tents have known the kindness of friendship, the camaraderie of little graces. And we've learned, maybe most importantly, that it's okay not to always be okay. So I suspect most of our cars are mostly loaded up for the summer. Our kayaks are on our roof rack sunscreen in the beach bag. But don't rush to leave this moment by reflecting, without reflecting on where we've come from. Don't leave this moment without speaking to God about what it's really been like for you. Imagine God asking you the question, how did you hold up? What held you up? That question might provoke a lot of feelings in you, feelings of grief and anger and fear. We've spent a long time just surviving, and now we're gonna be feeling a lot. And that's okay. Be gentle with yourself in the days ahead, for God is gentle with each one of us. And then we can heed the Apostle Paul's good word to us this morning the bald-headed, bow-legged apostle, would likely try and remind us that life is less about trying to prop up our earthly tents and more about slowly accepting our lives and more and more parts of ourselves as always upheld by the tent maker.